Let's take it away. Welcome, welcome. Entering one of the most exciting weekends of the NFL season. It is time. Conference championships are abound. I'm not sure if that's actually a word, but uh, <clears throat> it sounded like a good one to use for that phrase. Anyway, joined today by Hardu, of course, and Mr. Matt, a reoccurring guest, a best friend of the show, his number two appearance. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on. Hell yeah, dude. Good to, good to have you back, my friend. Hardu, how are you doing? I'm doing above average today. <laughs> Only above, above average? average. <laughs> but not excellent or great. <clears throat> I'm above average. I think above average is pretty solid. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I got nothing to complain about being above average. <laughs> there you go. Nothing whatsoever. I like that. Okay. Okay, very good. Very good. So, of course, along with our uh, conference championships, also be talking about some awards that, that the NFL will be giving out here in just a few days' time. I want to start that off, just a real quick side note here. I wish the NFL had awards like college football for like every positional player, not just MVP, offensive and, and defensive player of the year. Like I wish they had the Ray Guy Award and the Lou Groza and the Chuck Bendenark. And, the Jerry Rice? Uh, the, uh, <laughs> that award actually exists really? oh, wow. in college football, yeah. The Jerry Rice Award? It's the FCS Award, yeah. Oh, is that there's the, there's the Walter Payton and then the Jerry Rice. Yeah, right. Jerry Rice is like the offensive player of the year. Wow, and then like um, I think the FCS for defensive player of the year. I think it's it's not the Dick Butkus award, but yeah, it's it's something like that for defensive player of the year. Interesting. Oh, well, that makes sense. So Jerry Did Rice went to look up who Jerry Rice was. No, uh, I want <laughs> I wanted to look him up to see what what school he went to. Mississippi Valley State. That does sound like an FCS school. <coughs> yeah, the Jerry Rice Award, I'm pretty sure it's the best offensive player in FCS football. Like and then the Walter Payton Award goes like, as basically the Heisman. It is the Heisman. Yeah. Basically yeah. FCS. So an offensive or defensive player can get the award. And then, yeah, the yes. defensive one. The Jerry Rice Award is um, annually given to the most outstanding freshman. Freshman. Okay. Okay. Yes. That's, that's a fun award. So okay. I think Petey won that award. Did he really? I, I think, think so. Petey Guerrero. I think he was there. I think he did. He won the Jerry Rice Award. I'm not sure. He's definitely a finalist for it. He should have won if he didn't win it. Right. Yeah, and he got 1,400 yards. Yes. I just love that Sam opened up with the Ray Guy Award. <laughs> the, the best punter in the fucking college. Dude, I'm definitely out. biased. I'm definitely biased. Shout out to the this year's winner, fucking my boy from Down Under. Yes. Adam Korzak. Yes. Fucking... The goat, man. I know you're not listening to this, but if you are, shout out to you, brother. You're awesome. <laughs> you don't know that. Now, is he uh, a senior or a junior? Oh, he's like a sixth year senior at this oh, point. He's year. old as shit. Yeah, I hope you're listening, Adam. No, he. Um, How do you spell that, that last name? Korsak. K O R S A K. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's fucking older than I am. I'm he's from six. Yeah. Melbourne, Australia. Oh, yeah. I've been to Melbourne, watched. A rugby match there in 2013. That was fun. He's he's a big dude, 6'2", 185. He's a beast. All right. Look at that smile at at, at the award. He's a, what a good-looking guy. He's a good That's cunt, awesome. as they say in Australia. That's what he, he called me a good cunt one day, and I was like, I don't think... I don't, I don't know if I like that. That definitely translates directly. Yes. <laughs> wow, dude. 2022 was his breakout year. All conference, national oh, honors, 
besides the Ray Guy, first team All All American, obviously. I mean, he's been a Ray Guy finalist for the at past, least the past two wow. seasons. Uh, three, three. three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the watch list for the other two, so <laughs> he's been he's been lights out. He's do you, beast, man. Do you, do you think he has the potential now to <coughs> possibly play in the he's NFL? Going, he's going to the combine. Yeah, he is. Okay, um, right on. I don't. I mean. He he's classic Aussie style punter. Like he loves to to run to the outside, mm-hmm. take his mm-hmm. time, and I mean he's got the hell, a hell of a boot. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, work ethic wise and 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 skills and ability, absolutely he could play in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens. Hell yeah, dude. Okay. I like it. I like it. Yeah, man. So, the 49ers and the Eagles kick us off. I believe they are the noon game on Sunday. So, they start off that epic slate. Um, so, this is a really interesting stat here. Um, never in NFL history has the four teams entering conference cha- championship weekend been this close in terms of the betting odds. Um, that's absolutely amazing. So, to give you some perspective here to start off, Last year, the the Chiefs were the odds-on favorite to win at plus 125. The Bengals were plus 900 entering last year. This year, the the spread is is so small. Eagles at plus 230, Bengals at plus 240, Chiefs plus 280, and Niners plus 320. There's not much disparity between those teams. Obviously, in terms of the betting, but also in terms of talent, it's it's an absolute free for all. It's it's hard to really pick um, these two teams. I mean, <laughs> the spreads on both games are less than a field goal. It's absolutely amazing. Um, very e- evenly matched. Yeah, I definitely agree with these. Oh shit! Damn, I forgot I muted my mic there. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree with you, Sam. It's tough to pick which one of these four teams is going to ultimately come out on top after, after this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a bias fan, of course, over there. But he's going to give a sharp insight later on. And I've got got a couple questions. I'm looking forward to that, yes. A couple questions. Sure. Maybe not about this game, about the, about the next game. He's going to put his expertise to use. Oh, okay. Um, as we dive into the game, Sam already broke down the spreads. Over-under set at 46.5. So some points will be scored, but not all that many. I think it's going to come down and... Uh, I don't think it's going to come down to you. Let's just analyze a couple things that happened last week. So Jalen Hurts looks super sharp coming off the bench. If you listened last week, I said that he's a guy that can just plug right back in and be ready to go. And he proved my point epically. He was almost perfect. I think his first incompletion was a drop. Um, he basically started the day like 11 for 11 or 11 for 12. Um Hitting his receivers all the way downfield. I think they ended up throwing four touchdowns in a 38 to seven win. Completely dominated a Giants defense and a defensive front that just couldn't get any kind of pressure on him. So, if the Niners do want to have a chance to actually make Jalen, you know, work for the yards to get downfield, they're going to have to be able to pressure him. And Joey Bosa, uh, Nick Bosa, excuse me, you're going to have to go down there and prove that you're the Defensive Player of the Year award candidate and really start wrecking some havoc because. The defense has shined last week on both games. The Niners stymied the Dallas offense, ultimately gave up 178 total yards and only 74 yards rushing. 
in a 19-12 win and forced two interceptions, forced two turnovers, two costly turnovers. Now, is Jalen Hurts as turnover-prone as Doug Prescott was? You can't really compare the two because Jalen missed the last few weeks, and the answer is definitely not. I think he's only got five interceptions on on the year. You can look that stat up. I think it's six. Six interceptions on the year? It's six. Um, He did play. I mean, he played against the Giants. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got six. Hurts dominated last week. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I was saying. The second play of of his game was a 40-yard bomb. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the second pass. Yeah. Well, okay, sorry. I, <clears throat> my bad. He played the Giants before the playoffs. He was, he, you know, he started that game, so like he wasn't necessarily coming off of the bench, right? Mm-hmm. He had a good warm up game against the same exact opponent, but I had, I mean, I knew he was going to come out and play like on fire because he literally just played this team coming off of a shoulder injury. He had been on the bench for over three weeks, essentially. There was no doubt in my mind after that little warm-up, get back on the field, get some live plays in, he was going to come out the next game. didn't matter who they were going to play, but the fact that it was the Giants, it was like, this is going to be easy. Yeah, Jalen's shown it time and again, even in college, splitting time with Tua. He, he went in that championship game, got benched. Tua became a starter. Tua got hurt. Jalen steps up. Guess what? They go back to the national championship game. After that, moves on. Oklahoma, right? Has to fight for a starting spot. Guess what? Hops right in. National championship. Well, final four. I don't think he won it with Oklahoma. He did not win it with Oklahoma. He did not win it with Oklahoma. But still, pretty damn good career. So, totally right, man. I didn't have much doubt either that Jalen Hurts is just going to show up and, and go out and ball. So, looking at the other side, though, with Brock Purdy, he looks pretty human out there last week. Didn't really sparkle as much as people wanted him to to, to shine, you know, to, and and be like the shooting star that he has been the past eight weeks in the NFL. Um, it just went to show that when the Cowboys got pressure on him, he made mistakes and he was forced to make throws that he just wasn't comfortable making. Um, still did a good job out there, got the job done. A uh, couple drives where he and Christian McCaffrey were able to just command the. Uh, Dallas defensive front and really have their way with them at times, but they're going to go up against a defense that is just as good as Dallas, if not, you know, even a little more lethal right now by being at home. So it's going to be super loud, raucous environment out there at the link. It's going to be tough for for, for Brock Purdy to um to deal with this this type of environment with such a tenacious defensive front still in Philadelphia. Now on the same side, I mean, I'm sorry. The same side. On the other hand, the Niners' defense, dude, they they look good. Their their linebacking trio, all Sherer, Fred Warner, and uh, Dre Greenlaw, absolute studs, dude. Allowing a, a league low three point four yards per rushing attempt this season. So how do you think the the Eagles will come up against that front? And and um, in terms of the rushing game, how do you think they can win against that? At Niners defense, what what strategy? Uh, okay, well, if you're talking to me, um, we have arguably the best, or at least one of the best offensive lines in the NFL right now. Um, so the run game, obviously, right? Miles Sanders has been. I mean, he's had probably the best year of. He's had a career season, right? Um, it's it's been amazing uh, to see him actually flourish. 
right? Because it's been so hard to watch the past couple of years where he, you know, he wouldn't even score a touchdown an entire season or he'd score one or two. Um, and now he's, you know, he's over 1,200 yards, um, averaging five yards per carry, 11 touchdowns. Like, he's having a great season. Um, and I don't think it's going to stop even against this this defense, right? Um, and I think now, obviously, Jalen Hurts is, I think, 100%. We can probably say at this point he's 100%. Yeah, um, yeah. So nobody's a hundred percent. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> At this point in the year, nobody. That's a that's yeah. a valid point. But yeah. Jalen Hurts being our quarterback opens up so much when it comes to the run game because mm-hmm. he they have to respect him as a run threat, right? Mm-hmm. So I think having him as our quarterback is, it, and we've seen it all year. It's nothing new, right? I'm not saying anything profound, but but I I think we're going to be able to handle this defensive front on the run game, and you know. Eagles fans have been saying this every season for the past 10 years, run the damn ball. If we can go out there and establish the run, use play action, use Jalen Hurts, and open up the passing game, we have just lethal wide receivers. This is like, this is the fan in me. Like, this is, if there's ever going to be a season to win it all, this is it. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Mm-hmm. Quez Watkins, um, Dallas Goddard, like we have the weapons, we have an amazing quarterback that's playing lights out basically all season until he got hurt, mm-hmm. um, and we, I mean, and and even like you know Boston Scott and um, the giant killer dude, the giant killer, he has yeah. scored a, t- a touchdown in every one of his games against the G Men. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. He has nineteen touchdowns in his career and eleven of them. <laughs> are against the Giants. That's an, an amazing It's incredible. Wow, I love it. dude. So, like, you know, and he hasn't really been as active this season, um, but, you know, he's a great guy to have behind uh, Sanders. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just think I, I, I don't see, again, this is just me being a fan. I don't see us losing this game. Mm-hmm. We're just mm-hmm. we're just playing too well. So so, do you think that the Eagles then would uh, prefer to attack the Niners on the ground, keep that game consistent, or do you think they'll obviously they'll they'll mix up between the pass and the run? But but what do you think will, will be the more dominant form of of offense against the Niners? Um, you know, for me, it's hard to predict because it seems like every single game this season we've done it a different way. Yeah. And it really just depends on the game. And shout out to Nick Sirianni, man. Like, he's the first coach in a while for the Eagles. I mean, no disrespect to Doug Peterson. Obviously, no disrespect to Andy Reid. He's probably going to go to the Super Bowl again this year. Um, Nick Sirianni listens to what people want. And he, like, he, every time they have a game where they are passing the ball too much or not establishing the run, people lay into him and the next game they run the hell out of the ball and everyone loves it and they win. And then, you know, maybe they're running the ball a little bit too much or Jalen Hurts is kind of putting himself out there a little bit too much and they're relying on, you know, designed quarterback runs and he gets a bunch of flack and, the you know, people are interviewing him like, what's the deal with that? The next game, A.J. Brown goes for over 150 yards or something. It's just like 
he's so adaptable and he allows the players and the 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 way the game is going to dictate how he coaches right which you don't really see a lot um from a, a new coach like that right so what's his background like like where was he before he was the the head coach um I, honestly i i'll be perfectly honest with you i don't recall fair enough because this is his his first year now this is his second Eagles second, second season. I'm sorry. Yeah, second yep. year. Number two. Um, oh, man. Who did he... Who was he under? Let's see. Previously served as the OC for the Colts from the 2018 Colts. to 2020. Yeah. Also served as an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Chargers and Chiefs. He is an Italian-American dude. He looks so Italian. Like yeah. he, he looks like the living embodiment of a Philadelphia. Oh, dude. Ite. <laughs> he, there was an awesome video. I'm sure anyone that's listening has seen it. Um, he was down um, in the red zone. He was like, you know, past the, um, you know, that, um, what, what the hell is that? The box. The box? Yeah, yeah. He's so outside he, the box. He's outside the box and he's, and he's, he's coaching and the referee, um, or I guess the official, is standing there and he's telling him to get out of the way. <laughs> and he turns around and he says, I know what the fuck I'm doing and I know I'm allowed to be here. And it was just like the perfect video ever. And it's just like that was like the most Philly way he could have reacted. Yeah, yeah, no, like, no doubt. He's just doing everything right right now, and mm-hmm. it's fucking awesome to be a part of, man. I, it's it's just awesome. I, I feel like I'm talking a whole lot about how much I love the Eagles, but <laughs> fuck, man, like it just feels good to be an Eagles fan right now. It feels good to be a Philly fan right now. I mean, here's here. I I need to bring this up now that we're on the topic. Philly has now lost two of the four major championships this year, or this this athletic year. Okay. We lost the MLS championship. Right. And we lost the World Series. Right. If we go to the Super Bowl and we lose, I'm going to cry. Because that's just like... And then, you know, and then all we have left is the Sixers to make it to the final and, right. and lose. Lose. Yeah. Right. So this is, this is huge, man. I... This and I don't, I don't want to overlook this game because this is going to be a dogfight, 100%. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a great game. Yeah. And I'm excited yeah. to watch it. Um, but, yeah, I just had to bring that up because it's it's kind of scary, man. Yeah, that is, dude. But it's but, been a lot of fun, man. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I haven't really enjoyed watching the MLS in a really long time. Right. So I finally, and, yeah, whatever, fair weather fan, whatever. Nobody fucking watches soccer. Give me a break. <laughs> at least yeah, not. At least not, not the, the MLS. The right? US, right? So right. we make the playoffs. I'm like, all right, fuck yeah, let's watch some soccer, mm-hmm. right? It was a lot of fun. It was awesome. Who they lose to? Uh, LAFC. Oh, yeah, yeah with uh, Christian Bale. Christian okay. Bale scored a goal in the uh, game. Christian Bale. Wow. Yeah. Oh, not Christian. Christian Wait, Bale. Gareth <laughs> Bale. Gareth Bale. Holy <laughs> shit! Like Christian Bale. I was Bale. just watching a Christian Bale movie like two nights ago. That's why I fucking said that. Oh, Gareth Bale. <laughs> Gareth Bale. Gareth. Bale. I am the knight. That's hilarious. Oh, you know what I mean. Now checking in a striker, Christian Bale. Again, nobody watches soccer. Just kidding. All you footy footy fans out there. Gareth Bale. He's got a good golf swing. Does he? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah. You retired? Yeah. Yeah. One more more thing I do want to bring up. Then I'll get off my soapbox about how much I love the Eagles. Interestingly, so January 21st, Last weekend, the the Eagles beat the Giants thirty eight to seven. The year we won the Super Bowl, 
on the exact same date, January 21st, we beat the Vikings 38-7 to in the NFC Championship. No way. Yes. Wow. What are the odds of that? Wow. It's the prophecy. Yeah, man. It is, Isn't that dude. weird? Damn. I mean, you could call it right there. Yeah. They are going to win again. Yeah, man. Just, just buy I mean, a ticket. Third time's a chance. Right? Put, put, put a grand down. down. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Grand on the yeah, Eagles Super Bowl. Yeah. We'll see. 100 bucks, though, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> Responsibly. I'll cut it down 10%. There you go. <laughs> How much faith do you have as a fan, Matt? I never bet on the Eagles. Never. I always bet you against never do. them. Wow, really? What? Well, okay, yeah, this is a piece of shit gambler slash fan type of thing to do. But no, seriously, like multiple times this season I have bet against the Eagles just so that we would win. Mm-hmm. Because I know for a fact anyone I bet on is going to fucking lose. Right. So I've bet on against the Eagles multiple times because I was like, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to win this one. We need to pull this out. Let me throw like 10 bucks on the other team. Just a guarantee. Mm-hmm. I'll gladly pay ten dollars for a win. Just oh, to yeah. guarantee a win. Yeah, yeah no yeah. matter what. Yep. <laughs> that's just that's been my thing. If I'm ever a little nervous about a game, I always just throw ten bucks on the other team. Because worst case scenario, we lose, and I just made money. That's what I say. Yeah, win win. Yeah, win win. I'll gladly spend the ten dollars on a on a Eagles dub all day long. Yeah, it's less than the price of one beer. <laughs> At Lincoln Financial Stadium. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Fifteen dollar beers. Thankfully they're playing at, at, at three o'clock. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so it's only gonna be like eight hours of drinking before the game. Right. Uh okay, so let's let's make some picks and predictions then. Yes. Let's I'm gonna go uh Matt has definitely Matt has uh persuaded me here to go the way of the Eagles and as a Seahawks fan I cannot stand the Niners even as good as they may be. Uh, Eagles here, um, they're not going to cover, though. I think the final score will be 20 to 18. Lots of field goals here, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eagles march on. Super fan? Um, I, I think there, I think it's going to be a good game. Like, uh, not necessarily a high scoring game, but I think there's going to be some points put on the board. I think the Eagles are going to win. I think they do cover. I think they win by about four points. I'm saying 34-30. 34-30? Yeah. Bold prediction. So I think it's going to be unanimous. Uh, as much as I hate to admit, uh, Philadelphia is probably going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Um, Philadelphia wins as well. They cover. Last second field goal, 27-24. Ooh. Hmm. 27-24. You heard it here first. Heard it here first. Said, and take the over, apparently. Everyone's taking the over, except for Sam. Yes, yeah, true. True. He did He did call a pretty low prediction last week in the Niners-Cowboys game. I so did. props to that. I think uh, you said like 20 to 15. I, yeah, I think I did. Yes, yeah, and the yeah. final score was 19 to 12, and I was like, That's crazy. Damn, Sam. <laughs> so Should have bet some money on that. I'm a genie. My first ever sports bet. Yeah. All right. So going into Bengals Chiefs here, obviously the massive storyline here is Patrick Mahomes. Will he play? And he if he plays, will he be effective? I mean, not as effective as he normally is. So I'm gonna tell you right obviously, now, obviously, but Patrick Mahomes is playing this fucking football game 100. percent Yes. Now the only question I have, and this is where you know, I think we're just gonna call this episode Matt Tilton. 
Um, but I, I got another question for you, though, Matt. Using your expertise, because you've treated a number of these injuries, I'm sure, high ankle sprains, I know that there's a varying degrees and severity. Of course. So it looked like it was not, like, I think grade three is the worst. Yes, correct. I don't think it was a grade one. So I believe I would, it was probably, I would probably a grade two. Just because he, he was able to continue to play on it. Absolutely. Despite being extremely painful. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think an average recovery time for that injury would be? Well, if it's anyone but Patrick Mahomes, it's probably longer. And also, if it's not at this point in the season, he probably doesn't play this game. Right? A grade two high ankle sprain. like So there's a couple of ligaments, but really just two um, structures, I, I'll say, um, that you worry about with a high ankle sprain, right? So you have your true kind of... Um, tibiofemoral joint um, and you have your ATFL or anterior tibiofibular ligament. It's kind of like a horizontal ligament at the bottom of your tib-fib joint and that holds basically those two bones together along with the posterior, the one on the back, PTFL. Um, so with a, a grade one or grade two high ankle sprain, that, that ligament is definitely going to be injured. Maybe not fully torn, but definitely, you know, a significant sprain. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking it's a grade two. I agree with you. Um, but the other, the other issue is, um, it's a structure called the syndesmosis and it's basically a thick connective tissue that, um, kind of runs along the entire, the yeah. entirety of the, yeah. the tibia. It's and like the, the interosseous membrane. Exactly. Yeah. That's another word for it, right? Yeah. The interosseous membrane. Yeah. Um, and basically it just looks too uh, hard. You hell yeah. Oh, I remember yeah. some Anatomy. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And and so that, when that becomes torn or, or stretched or, you know, sprained, let's just call it that, um, that's when you get some, some more serious instability um, in the ankle and you and it basically allows the tibia and the fibula to the almost separate yeah. um, the more weight-bearing, the more weight you put through it. Um, and that's not something that's easy to tape. This isn't a normal ankle sprain, right? This isn't a classic roll your ankle to the side lateral ankle sprain where you can tape it up um, and we can use our like the stirrups and our ankle tape job to prevent that um, uh, supination I guess you could call it or inversion right um, this is not easily taped up there is a taping technique you can do you use basically like a neutral stirrup and you kind of create more tension around that that tib fib joint um, but the tape is only going to get you so far right um, so I, I think um, I kind of need to re, like, what what was your question exactly? I want to make sure I get to no, the question. No, so um, I was just thinking your basic time frame for return to play. Right, okay, um, right. Not necessarily get to 100%, but, like, to reasonably go on the field and play. Right, right. Because uh, he's had a push to the pain last week, and I'm assuming that he took some kind of anti-inflammatory at halftime that the trainers gave him. For sure. To at least give him some kind of resistance to the pain for sure you know pat mcafee claims that toradol is passed around like candy over there and if that's, that's the what case, they say yeah yeah if that's the case then you know you can you feel like a superhero on toradol yeah, yeah. as as someone that's been prescribed it uh for a previous injury yes you can't feel a fucking thing yeah um and again like i i've never worked in the nfl i'll never claim to really have the knowledge of what is going on in those locker rooms like right but if it's an option for a game like this i'm sure they're going to do everything they can to make him feel as good as he possibly can. Yeah. Right. And it's one of those things where you talk about like, is there risk for further injury, not only just to the ankle itself, but to, you know, up the chain, his knee, the his lower legs, leg, yeah. the lower leg. Right. Leg, yeah. And the answer to that question is pretty obvious. I think we're all aware 
you know, if you're playing on a badly sprained ankle, you're at risk of risk of, of you know a knee injury or, or something up the chain. Mm-hmm. But that's I feel like a, a risk they're they're willing to take at this point, because especially you know I, I just saw a video of him um, at practice warming up. He's got some bounce in his step. He's doing the a skips and stuff. He, he's bouncing around. I think this is going to limit his mobility a little bit. A lot of it. A lot. A lot of it compared to what he's used to, but he he's still going to be Patrick Mahomes out there. Yeah, you know. I, what mean, I mean, running. I, excuse me, throwing the ball. It's not going to be that. I mean, we saw him throw off literally his back foot, the, almost the, the entirety of the game last week, and he was still picking apart defenses. So he he's got enough velocity in his throw, and and Andy Reid can really cater the offense to what he can do. And now he's got a full week to prepare with a limited Patrick Mahomes. So I guess on a on a, on a scale of percentages, zero to one hundred, realistically, how close to a hundred can you get in a week? Oh, like twenty five percent, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, even all of, like all the magical shit they probably got going on. Norma Tech boots to get the swelling out, game ready, so it feels good. Um, stim and all that is all just feel good stuff. Ultrasound, whatever it is they're doing to him, um, none of that's going to have a significant effect in a, in a yeah. week. Um, so he's not going to be 100%. We know that. Um, so to answer your original question, the kind of the timeline of like return to play, right? Mm-hmm. So like a typical ankle sprain, um, you're looking at grade one, you're probably, you know, one to two weeks-ish, grade two, two to four weeks, grade three, four to six weeks. For me, my kind of general rule of thumb that just more anecdotally, you kind of add two weeks to that um, uh, if it's a high ankle sprain. Right, mm-hmm. so for a grade one, you're talking like two, a month. To f- two to four yeah. weeks, a month. Um, grade two, you're talking four to six, sometimes six to eight weeks, yeah. even for a grade two, and then a grade three, you're talking probably like twelve weeks. Yeah, um, I remember just because uh, Tara almost was battling a high ankle sprain too, and the Eagles made a deep playoff run with him as well. Yeah, they able to push through. Right, fucking man. yeah. I mean, that's the thing is you know this isn't a. This isn't a situation where you're going to take this guy out um, to try and let him get back to 100% and heal, quote-unquote, like, fully, right? Um, no, he, he's going to play this game until he pop, cannot possibly play anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think overall, I mean, shout-out to the Kansas City Chiefs athletic training staff. They have the best athletic training program in the NFL. Their uh, head athletic trainer, um, man, it's... it's you can look it up. Skipping. Yeah, um, we do it on one take. Everyone knows that. <laughs> sure do, dude. So, so while Matt's looking that up, we can transition to the other other side of the ball uh, with Joe Burrow, five and zero against Patrick Mahomes and undefeated in Arrowhead. It's being called Burrowhead. See him, Burrowhead. Watch a Bengals set on the bench. So, with that being said, how do you think Joe feels about the stadium? You know, in in essence, by the fans being called after him, like, do you think he enjoys that that yes. spotlight? The answer is yes. Yes, it's a hundred percent yes. One hundred percent. There's there's no doubt in my mind that at least the personality that Joe Burrow shows when he's playing football makes me believe that he embraces all that shit. Oh yeah. Uh, the first time I was exposed to Joe Burrow was when yeah he was, he was quarterback and uh, still still at LSU. Um, he's taking on UCF. And he, he got a helmet right to the chin, and like lighted him up, and then for the rest of the game, he just tore up the, the UCF defense. I, I forget which bowl game it was, but UCF had a chance. Like that was like one of the undefeated years. Like okay, play LSU, and uh, frankly, 
If it wasn't for like a really stupid roughing the passer penalty and a couple of like unsportsmanlike penalties, UCF probably would have won that game. Because I watched the whole thing. Um, and, and that was when uh, Mackenzie Milton, Milton. Uh, got his knee blown up as well. Oh, that's the infamous game, dude. Milton. That was a tragic hit. Holy Milton, shit. Milton. And I mean, he was he was a NFL prospect, right? Mackenzie Milton? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He almost lost his leg because of it. Like, that's right, dude. He like severed his nerve. Yeah. Big drop foot, like knee totally blasted. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Total knee dislocation? It looked like it. <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. yeah. You pull up the hit. Mackenzie Milton. Yeah, it's it's an ugly one. I don't recall off the top of my head. It's a good one. It is. Alright, here comes the commercial. Oh, wait, here we go. Alright. Oh, I remember oh, that. Dear oh, dear God. Man. Yep. Yeah, I think that yep, that was. It was a oh, it was, that was so that was a total total knee dislocation, so Basically, his entire knee. So that that means ACL, everything, and PCL are yeah. completely torn, right? Yeah. Um, or at least m- mostly torn. PCL doesn't tend to always tear all the way through on one of those. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. so as as an AT, when you run out on the field and see that that type of of hit, lower leg injury, yeah. what do you th- think? Like, what's what's going on in your mind as an AT? Right. I mean, well, so you're running out there, right? First of all, you want to make sure that. You know, it's safe to go out there. You don't want to run out there when there's still players running around on the field, obviously. So sure, that's what we sure. call that, like, kind of setting the scene, right? So you take take a look, and then you immediately run out there. It's obvious as you're running up there that there's a deformity in his leg. You don't, you're probably not sure immediately what it is, but you see maybe it's a patellar dislocation. His knee is could be dislocated. Those are the two big ones, right? Or it could be some sort of fracture or something like that, femur fracture mm-hmm. or tibia, tibia fracture. Right. So... I would say almost immediately they are activating EMS, like we like to say, or, or you know, getting on their radio and saying, "Hey, we're going to need either the e like the ER transport at the ready, or a gator at the ready to come to come get this guy, and we're going to start splitting them up because yeah, obviously once you check pulses and stuff, and and you know, make sure there's nothing any anything crazy that you have to provide serious emergency first aid or anything like that, um, you know, you got to get that thing splinted up and, and head into the mm-hmm. hospital as soon as you can. So Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty say, sure he almost lost his leg, though. Like, like no, yeah. I mean, yeah. total knee dislocations are no joke. Like, yeah. I mean, there's serious vasculature, nerves. Yeah, you, you get, like, severed arteries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Serious damage. Yeah. God damn, dude. Yeah. I want to say there was a tight end with the, with the Bears who went through that same injury because um, he had to be transported directly to... The hospital after that that injury it was awful. Were you at the Kennesaw game, Matt, where the Kennesaw ATs may, might have been like the slowest moving yes. operation Zach was ever? That, it was embarrassing for a head and neck injury as well. Yeah, it took it took like it, it felt like ten minutes for that freaking uh, like truck to get out there. Yeah, like no way. It, and look, it was embarrassing. I will be the first person to say, like, I don't know what was happening. I don't know what was going on, what conversations were being had during that on-field scenario evaluation. I don't necessarily blame any of the ATs or anything like that. But Disclaimer. Yeah, disclaimer. Like, look, I, I've been in situations where, like, shit doesn't go exactly as you, as you plan it, right? Yeah. So I don't want to, like, be putting anybody down on that medical staff. But goddamn, we were sitting on that sideline, and, and you know, us, like— our staff right like at that point you know our AT had one of our head, like our head AT I believe Ken 
yeah. you know, ran over there, talked to them, and, and I think he actually came back, and, like, we were all just kind of standing there on the sideline together, like, looking at each other, like, what is going on? Like, what's taking so long? Like, what... I, I don't know what it was. It was it was the longest period of time. So here's the backstory, Sam. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was a kickoff. I think it was like uh, we had just scored a touchdown, and it was a kickoff. And um, our player basically blasts this Kennesaw State player, and the Kennesaw State player got up, and I I saw him because it happened like it happened like maybe 15, 20 yards away from me. Yeah. But basically, he got up. And just, like, kind of, like, stared at his hands and then, like, walked towards our sideline yep. and then just fell down. Yeah. No way. And then, and then players, the coaches, everyone was like, yo, yo, like, like waving people over here. Yeah, well, all right, like, so I think Nick. I think you guys got there first. Nick was the yeah. first guy there. I was there, like, either one or two or yeah. two or three, the third person there. And they obviously were running across the field to our side, so it was like. Oh my god! Yeah, it was crazy. Like I saw it. It was pretty. I was pretty close. Like yeah, I, I saw him get up like right there. Yeah, yeah, looking at his hands. Yeah, and I'm like, that's like... not good. <laughs> and then he just oh goes god. down, and I'm like, fuck. And like you, you know, Nick runs out. And... He wow. seriously just gets yeah. up. Uh, it, it was like that scene in Talladega Nights. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it was like for me, like in the moment. Now I'm like kind of reliving that that scene. It was. Mm. It was kind of like that, but it was also kind of like, um, like the the scene like in um, Saving Private Ryan where they're like storming the beaches yeah. of Normandy and like a fucking bomb is going off yeah. and like the guy just that like is shock is just in shock and he has holding his arm. Yeah, yeah, he's like his arm. Yeah, he's like holding his arm in his hand or something like that. Yeah. It, it felt almost like that. He was just like something is so wrong and he's just looking at his hands. I was like, Jesus. This yeah. is and then he just falls over. Yeah. I mean, th- thankfully, um, we got an update like later on that. He ended up being okay. Yeah, yeah. From, from the hit, right? But and, it was just a massive concussion. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he was essentially knocked out. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. knocked out cold. Yes, but, but yeah, it, it from my standpoint because I mean, I'm not involved in this whatsoever. Basically, all I do is I just keep the guys back and you know take take a knee. So yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, that's the quality control guy. I take a knee and then I make assumptions about what's wrong with him. That's basically what yeah. the strength coaches will do in these situations. Like, Oh yeah, I think his ACL is gone. <laughs> 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 you know, <laughs> right. I mean, what else are we going to talk about? Yeah, I heard yeah. The injuries happen. Yeah. I mean, obviously we have concern for the players' health and well-being, course, but yeah. you know, yeah. we're going to make our own introspections. I mean, that's just everyone does it. Yeah. Right? even it's, the even the medical staff. Like yeah. I'm fucking prime example. Like yeah. we're even sitting there talking, like, yeah, what do you think they're doing? What do you think is going on? Yeah. You know? But uh, so basically, we're we're all like, just waiting, right? Yeah, their staff is is, is heading to him still. And like we can see like the golf cart like parked in the corner because they gotta get anyways, right? They gotta get off the field, mm-hmm. and it just felt like an eternity for that freaking cart to finally get across the field. And then what started moving, it was like comically slow. Yeah. <laughs> how? how the, <laughs> I can. I'm only imagining this. Approach. Wow. And, and, and like you know, we were like pretty close to our sideline. at the 30, 40 yard line. And it was in the opposite end zone, so it had to go like like probably close to 100 yards from the from oh. corner all the way up to the 30 yard yeah. line. Yeah. And it was just it was just like, 
Why are you going? I think a hoverboard might not travel faster than that golf cart did. Yeah, it was like a weird looking cart too. It was yeah. like not a normal looking cart. Really. And like I just remember looking down the sideline, like, oh, I think they're getting the cart. Yeah. And, and there's somebody in the front seat, and it looks like they're like Jimmy and something, and they're like trying to get together. <laughs> it's like taking forever for them to figure out how to turn the damn thing on. It looked like it was just like what? It was like a, a completely white. I remember yeah. like, it, it was like a white with like a rounded plastic It was round, yeah. It was like yeah. a bubble in the front of it. It yeah. was weird. It was I'm weird. like, this is how you guys do it in Georgia? Yeah. Like, Interesting. <laughs> See, it was a solid 20-minute break. And then <laughs> 20 add, minutes! At least. And then yeah. I didn't the injury. We just rubbed them the rest of the game. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. One of their next two drives and then a pick six. And like, yeah. we're just like talking the most shit too because yeah. it's the biggest game of our lives. It literally was at that point. It literally was. Yeah, that yeah. was for the conference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. And okay. It, was, it was a revenge game for sure. Like, yeah. They, they had gotten their number like three times in a row. We were, we were 0 and 3 or 0 and 4 against them. Yeah. In the past two years before that, it always came down to us and them in the, cha- in the de facto conference championship game. And they beat us twice in a row. And like they drubbed us, right? So this was the year that like yes, we 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 came out, slapped the fuck out of them. Mm-hmm. That was damn, damn awesome. it felt good. It felt awesome. But I was, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there for as long as you were. I was there for two seasons, but yeah. that was pretty sweet. We had, we had players rib rib pop out. Yeah, man. shout out to Matt Castro. I don't think it popped no out. No way. He, he fractured his rib. Did he fractured his yeah. ribs. Yeah. Oh, I took him back to the X-ray room. Yeah. And the team doc for because obviously we're we're away right so yeah. we're talk we're working with their docs yeah and uh, he's like oh yeah no we can't X-ray you and I'm like what <laughs> why did I bring him over here then and he's like yeah no our machine doesn't like we can't X-ray his ribs on his machine they have like a you know it's basically like a C arm is what they call it and it's it's really only good for like you know extremities hands wrists elbows um, ankles mm-hmm. stuff like that you can't fit a, a human's yeah, body <laughs> yeah like it just doesn't work that way right and I was like okay so I guess we'll just leave <laughs> and so we just <laughs> so we just walked out and I was like alright like the doctor was like yeah man I think you probably broke your rib and, and I was, we're just like oh, okay thanks so the, <laughs> it was it was very awkward man the backstory for that was they tried an onside kick and Matt was the unfortunate motherfucker to reach up get the ball and he basically got like in full extension, just got cracked. <laughs> I mean, he held onto the ball like right. He, right. Was, he was a tough kid for sure, but yeah, it, it's just <laughs> after the fact, I was talking to him about it, and I guess he like he like told Ken, he was like, "Just get me the fuck off this field." Yeah, <laughs> like something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh my god, dude, those, those are classic stories. Uh, Damn. Yeah, man. Oh, man, working for some good times. Yeah, working for college was it was fun man. wow it had, it, it had its moments had sure. its perks had its yeah. downsides that, that yeah as well. dude there was there was an injury I will never forget hearing when I was uh, the kicker for PLU it was uh, spring ball our spring scrimmage and all the specialists are on the other end of the field we're just going through our kicks and uh, but the actual scrimmage is taking place on the opposite end of the field that's that's where the entire crowd is and so um, you know the specialists our backs are turned to the game so we're not really concentrating on what's happening so I get like like two or three kicks in um, our special teams coach Judd Kime your baller he's like all right boys let's uh, let's head on over and then immediately after he says that as as we're turning um, our backs and then actually able to see what's 
going on with the scrimmage, we hear this massive, massive yell, like this this absolute screech. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it was a. It, I was like, ugh. I just the emotions I was feeling. It's it's hard to explain, you know. I mean, um, <laughs> what was the injury? <laughs> Sorry. Where is the story going? <laughs> anyway, um, our starting running back had torn his ACL. And so it was just a massive, massive injury. Do you want to try to retell that story? We can just forget that that first rendition happened. Because nothing you said there like, chronologically made sense. You're like, yeah, my special team coach was like, yo, boys, let's go. And then they're running back towards ACL. <laughs> All right, Sam. That was a good story, man. That that's yeah, that sucks. ACL injuries are tough, man. Yes, yes. I will not <laughs> try to retell that. Feeling, I can tell you, I felt them before. I felt them before yes. as well, Sam. Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. That did was, you that forget story. where you were going? Yes, or? I did. Okay. All right. That I makes did. sense. That makes brain sense. fog kind of caught up to me, and I thought, yeah. all right, I'm well, that's done. okay. Hey, that's <laughs> I'm okay. done for it. Dude. I'm for fall it. That was victim. great. That... Your brain is foggier than two is right now, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's still on concussion protocol. Did you guys do that up? Like, wow. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that doesn't surprise yeah. me yeah. really at this yeah. point. I, I, I think he's fucked for a little while, man. I mean, he's t- he took at least three on national TV. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. At least two of them are back to back. Yeah. Yeah. I don't hear any flurry cut from that one, man. That was a fucking crazy God, one. Damn. <clears throat> so, anyway, man. So we were talking about the Chiefs Bengals game. Yeah, Joe Burrow was five and zero against uh, Patrick Mahomes. I thought it was three zero. Three zero. Let's see. That would make more sense. Was three zero. Three zero sounds better. Yeah, let's go three. I feel like it's three zero. I don't want to. Either way, he's still three zero. Three zero. Yeah, still undefeated against Joe Burrow. Sorry, Joe Burrow, undefeated against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, he is. If you guys remember, I predicted the Eagles and the Bengals in the Super Bowl the last time I was on this podcast. And then I remembered the Chiefs were a team. And I was like, oh, shit, actually the Chiefs are going to go to the Super Bowl. But I take that back. <laughs> I think Joe Burrow's going to win again. Um, yeah. And it's going to be Eagles-Bengals, like I said before. Okay. You know, I really, really, really still think that Kansas City is still going to win this game, even without a, a healthy Patrick Mahomes. I mean... I watching the whole game last week. I was thinking like, there's no way they're gonna pull this off. Right. I mean, once he once he went down and got hurt, and and, and you saw what uh, Chad Henney get in the game, mm-hmm. <laughs> throw a couple of pretty good passes. He yeah. did. He I held his own. He, he stepped yeah, sure. up and did and did his thing as a back quarterback. But the whole time I was watching him, like, there's no way they're gonna win this game. I mean, they're not gonna keep up points wise. Like, fuck, man, can't see the season's over. Yeah. And then you see Patrick Mahomes literally limp out there and just throwing the ball sideways, like. Literally throwing the ball off of one foot and still getting the job done. I yeah. think my one note from this game was Travis Kelsey's a freaking savage. Like, I don't care if you call him a tight end receiver, slot receiver, you know, hybrid player, whatever you want to do. He had 14 catches last week. Holy shit. I mean, Mahomes and Kelsey by themselves can win this game. And with a good compliment in Isaiah Pacheco plus a deep threat again in, in Juju, I mean, 
They got enough weapons to get the job done still. Yeah, I got to shout out Isaiah Pacheco real quick because when I was at Rutgers, he was there with, like, I was there with him, basically. Yeah. He was he was backing up uh, Raheem Blackshear, I believe, at the time. And uh, that dude, uh, South Jersey, born and raised, Vineland kid, um, he's he's just an absolute menace when he has the ball in his hands. He, he runs with just anger. It's like pure anger. And it's awesome to watch like I love that dude he's gonna I think he's going to be a really good running back in the NFL for the next couple years he needs to be used more yeah oh he will be I mean this is I feel like this was his breakout year sure um which is I mean it's his second year and is it his rookie season yeah I guess it is it is it might be yeah yeah um this is rookie year yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he. I mean, he's already making such an impact. You know. Yeah, he he's he's awesome. I just had to give him a shout out because, I mean, and his his story is really, you know, it, it's crazy, man. Where he's where he's gotten to. Um, so let's go to the game, though. Yeah. Who you guys think is going to win this, man? I mean, they're both going to be high flying offenses. You know, one's got a an engine that's sputtering out, but it's got three other engines in it that can still carry the load. And Cincinnati, I mean, man, they look pretty damn dominant last week. It's a Bills team that, you know, I thought that they were going to be able to run away with it. I was very wrong. Very wrong. Granted, the conditions didn't help, but Joe Burrow, even in the snow, in Buffalo, looks incredibly in control of the game. Not only that, but he had ice in his veins. He looked so calm, cool, and collected the entire time. I don't think the Kansas City crowd's really going to bother him that much. Playing in the SEC in college definitely helped prepare him for these raucous environments. I mean, the, the 80,000 strong at Arrowhead, I'm sure, is quite comparable to what he was facing in, in you know, at Alabama and at Clemson in that championship game, etc. Good so points. Good points. Yeah. I think here, uh, Joe Burrow's on pace to get sacked 100 times in 2022. That's absolutely amazing. He got sacked quite a few times last week. I want to say at least four or five times. That offensive line is in shambles. I mean, um, he's he's an absolutely amazing player, but I want to say they've, they've had like seven or eight different offensive line combinations throughout this season. There, there's been a total lack of consistency. Um, yeah, it's, dude, Chris... Deal. Yeah, and then Chris Jones for the Chiefs. Um, a On the big board here for de- for Defensive Player of the Year. Fun, mm. fun guy to watch there. Um, but... I'll be most interested to see how the Chiefs' defense does against the Bengals' offense. Um, anyway, with that aside, taking the Bengals here, Joe Burrow, even if he's sacked um, five times in this game, I still think he has and Jamar has what it takes to win. Um, I don't know, man. That Cincinnati offensive line has been a liability all year long. And defensive player of the year candidate, Chris Jones, on the other side. He was a little quiet last week. Yeah, yeah. we know. But then again, we didn't know the game plan, so maybe he wasn't involved. But I bet he's going to get after the quarterback and Joe Burrow for next sure. week. Yeah, I, it's so hard for me to, to make an actual like you know decision on on who I think is going to win. I I feel like Patrick Mahomes is still going to be Patrick Mahomes. He's going to play through this injury, and they seem like the the more likely of the two to to really pull it out there. Um, they're just they're just playing really good football right now, but so is you know so is Cincinnati. So I want Cincinnati to win. 
So I'm going to say Cincinnati wins the game, um, and I think it's going to be close, and I think it isn't necessarily going to be a high-scoring game. So I'm, you mm-hmm. know, I'm going to say like 20 to 17. Okay. Yeah, I think both games this this weekend have the potential to be defensive showdowns. So I'm, I'm going to say if Kelsey has more than 10 catches, Kansas City wins this game. Okay. Yes. It's, it's, it's going to be dependent upon how, how much Mahomes can utilize his safety net in, in, in Travis Kelsey. Because if, if he's open every play and they can just march down field, convert on those key third downs, and, you know, basically not put it on Mahomes' shoulders to be able to get flushed out of the pocket and make throws on the run. I mean, they're going to be looking to sit in those defensive zones and, uh, you know, hopefully they can get a couple shots down field, establish their run game. And, like I said, if Travis Kelsey gets more than 10 catches, they Kansas City, not going to walk away with it, but still be able to win relatively comfortably at home. At home. So final score prediction... Uh, Kansas City covers 28-24. Oh, I was going to say 25-23. Yeah, 25. Yeah, 25. Love I don't know how... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to miss the case here, too. Yeah, it would need to be yeah, yeah, yeah. safety. Uh-huh. uh-huh. It can happen. Someone goes for two. It can happen, just for fun. Yeah. Like Chip <laughs> Kelly used to do. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, we scored first? Yeah, we're going to go for two. Eight zero. Eight zero. Big man in the house. You're an ass. Boom, dude. Yeah, yeah. Shall um, we venture onwards? Yeah, so... To um, awards? Yeah. Talking hypothetically. I actually wrote out... Yes. Uh, the, the candidates here. You're fantastic. Yeah, I know. Look at that. Look at that. Ooh. Gotcha. It's up to you. I got it. I got okay. It. I got it. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. So, we'll just go right down the list here. Uh, for the NFL season, MVP, uh, Josh Allen, Joey Burrs, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and, of course, your boy, Patrick Mahomes. So, I think I can rule out at least one. I don't think Josh Allen is going to win this award. I agree. I, I believe... So. Uh, I don't think the stats hold up to it. Wasn't Josh second in the NFL this, this year in picks? Uh, right, right behind, behind Dak Prescott. Prescott. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I want to say he threw me. like at least fourteen or fifteen picks. Ooh. Yeah, he was a bit of a turnover machine. Also, lost a few fumbles. Um, I do like Patrick Mahomes in this case. I would vote for Jalen, but because he he did miss those two games, um, he does have a smaller size there, uh, just of of stats. Patty, yeah, yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts is my personal MVP. Of course, yep. But I think it should go to Patrick Mahomes based on the fact that Jalen had that, those two weeks um, where he didn't play. Yeah, very true. It comes, it's, it's as simple as that. And it makes mm-hmm. the decision a little bit easier for me because I don't really want to have to decide whether Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes is right. the MVP in real life. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes... Led the league in touchdowns by six with 41, mm-hmm. 5,200 passing yards. I was also first in the league. The only Eight. quarterback to throw 5,000. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. surpassed it by 250. Yeah. Granted, he got the extra game again this year. Right. But even still, right. 67% completion rate. Again, uh, uh, 41 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Okay, uh, QBR, 77.6, and then a rating of 105.2. Uh, I think that's probably got to be up there. Yeah. Yeah, I second say- to Tua. Uh, Mm-hmm. And then his rating is number one. 
I think it's going to be a runaway. Although I would have said if Justin Jefferson had broken uh, Calvin Johnson's Ooh. record, I think he had a better shot of getting um, MVP. Yeah, MVP. Or at least Offensive Player of the Year because he's up for that award as well. Right. So, um, are we, are, is that a consensus pick? It is. Adam Holmes MVP? It is. I do want to say, like, no, like, we're not knocking on Joe Burrow. Honestly, when you think about what the MVP really means, most valuable player, if Joe Burrow's not their quarterback, they're not in the AFC Championship. Absolutely. So, he, he's the MVP, MVP of that team for sure, and he's played yeah. a hell of a season. So I think we can see it for almost all the teams in, in the, in the quote-unquote final, final four, four year, yeah. minus That's, Brock Purdy. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, they won quarterback by committee, yeah. you know? Yeah, they definitely I mean, did. Jimmy G stepped in and basically kept them on course, and then when the ship was sinking, Brock Purdy would ha- happen to be the plug. You know, he's like, oh, I got this. Right. <laughs> just to fit right in. Right, okay. right. So uh, defensive player of the year is three – Three nominees, uh, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Micah Parsons. So, I'm going to go over to sacks real quick. Nick Bosa, league leader in sacks, 18 and a half. Uh, Micah Parsons, a little bit down that list at 13.5. And Chris Jones, right in the middle, 15 and a half. Now, who had the most tackles? Uh, let's see. Solos? Solos, yeah. So all tackles out of those guys. Well, I'll be damned. Yeah. Well, I guess. Um, I mean, they are all are on the defensive line. line right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Mike, Mike is kind of a hybrid. He is. He can play almost any position. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. I mean, just looking at sack numbers. Let's check out technical losses. Yeah. Bosa's tied for second with 19. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones again is right up there with 17. Uh, Michael Parsons at 13. Now, I think just looking at stats, it's kind of hard to, to say. I mean, I'm, I'm biased because I watch a lot of Cowboys games. I know that Michael Parsons is a complete game record. But then again, I also know that I wouldn't want to ever, ever in my entire life allow him against Nick Bosa or Chris Jones. Um, it, it's hard to really put a lot of value on, uh, on, on just stats alone from a defensive side because sometimes if you don't have stats, it's a sign that they just offense is schemed around you. So they made it so that you wouldn't be involved in the play at all. Uh, so, again, it's hard to say. Um, from an, uh, a relatively unbiased standpoint, I guess i got to say, based upon the scenarios surrounding their teams, um, Nick Bosa should probably get more credit because Chris Jones has an all-pro quarterback and offense, and Patrick Mahomes to get him in this position. Um, and Micah Parsons, you know, you're still on number one offense in the regular season behind Dak Prescott despite all those picks. So... Nick Bosa, you did it with three quarterbacks. You helped carry this team to greatness. Defense keeps shining. Number one in the league right now. <clears throat> I'm going to say defensive player of the year goes Nick Bosa. I, w- I would. 18.5. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, Nick's, Nick's case here is not only is he the best player on the, the defense of his team, but he's he's the top player on the top defense. I think that's the, the bottom line there. Um, I do enjoy <clears throat> just from a fan's perspective watching Micah Parsons. Like he, like you said, Hardu is an absolute game wrecker. Um, he's he's the perfect hybrid linebacker and type. Just a, a rangy player, so fast, smart. Um, it's it's fun t- to watch him. I think he has so much potential here. How about you, Matt? Uh, I, would, I would I would agree with you guys. I'll just kind of piggyback on 
everything yeah, is set. I, I think Nick Bosa is he's the winner. So. Yeah, top hand. There you go. Yeah. Unanimous again. <laughs> Will there be any disparity? So, offensive player of the year, uh, four nominees Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson again, and Patrick Mahomes. So, I don't know if there's ever been a double dip for MVP and offensive player of the year, but I'm going to say that there won't be. So, I'm going to uh, mix off Patrick Mahomes from this list and just remove him because I think he's going to be your MVP. Right. So, of course. In my opinion, if, if you look at the, the two receivers and compare them, all right, statistically, Justin Jefferson had better stats than Tyreek Hill. Um, 1,800 yards compared to 17, so 100 yards more in the season. Uh, one more touchdown. Uh, but everything else across the board is pretty freaking similar. Both of them average just over 100 yards per game. Uh, yards after catch, basically the same. Um, I, I personally think Justin Jefferson's going to get it just based upon his stats alone. Although Tyreek Hill did it with the second thousand-yard wide receiver on the same team, uh, it's, it's not very often anymore that you see two thousand-yard wide receivers on the same team. So very true. Both high, but both Tyreek, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson are both deserving. Um, and then you have to put the stellar play of Jalen Hurts in there as well. Again, I think the only part that hurts hurts uh, is the fact that he has missed a couple of weeks during the regular season. You know, if he didn't miss those few weeks, he'd be a top-running candidate, probably for MVP this year as well. Yeah, very true. Very true. So to give you some perspective here, over the past five years, only one quarterback has won Offensive Player of the Year. So you are right here. Who was that? That was Patrick Mahomes in 2018. Uh, The other two, I'm sorry, the other four winners, two wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Michael Thomas, and two backs, Derrick Henry and Todd Gurley. So interesting. Um, I would ag- agree here. <clears throat> JJ is, is going to take home that hardware, and he is six all time right now in single season receiving yards. He got uh, 1809. Calvin Johnson back in 2012 with the Lions that magical year. He had 1964. Absolutely amazing. Um, and he did that in 16 games. So even more impressive there. But uh, JJ taking home that, that hardware. Um, it is awesome though to see two wide receivers at at the on this list. So, the, give him the credit where credit is due, yo. So you going with JJ as well? Yes, yes. And JJ, Jer- yeah, Justin Jefferson. Sure. Unanimous. As much as like again, I want Jalen Hurts to win some sort of award. <laughs> award. Um, it's just it's Justin Jefferson. Tough. Okay, let's go to... Uh, oh, real quick, though, yeah. you mentioned having two wide receivers over 1,000 yards on the same team, Devontae Smith and uh, A.J. Brown. Oh, both 1,000. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, well, there you go, go, man. Yes, yeah, sir. There we go. It's nice to have <laughs> weapons. Okay, let's go to, uh, I guess you, you have Offensive Rookie of the Year. So Offensive Rookie of the Year, um, Brock Purdy, late nominee, Kenneth Walker, and then uh, Garrett Wilson. So... Bunch of rookies on teams that weren't all that great. I mean, overachievers, really. <laughs> Dude, I think Kenny has to be the walkaway winner here. No pun intended. I mean, he put the Seahawks on his back for so many games. Um, f- 15 games, dude. That's that's massive. Uh, yeah, 12th in the league in rushing this year. Right. Yards. 12th. 1,000-yard season. Yeah. yeah. Nine touchdowns. Absolutely a boss, dude. Absolutely a boss. He he gave the Seahawks an extra dimension, obviously, on that offense. He was second in uh, running plays over 20 yards. Wow. 
Very explosive. Very explosive running yes. back. Yes. Really fun to watch. And we, like, like you said, definitely a bright spot for this for the Seattle Seahawks. I, I think so. Yeah. Now, yeah. I don't think Brock Purdy's going to win it just because, again, it's late edition. Right. Um, if the Jets made the playoffs, then maybe Garrett Wilson has, has a slight edge. You know, I'm going to have to agree with you as well with Kenneth, Kenneth Walker here, I think, is most deserving of this award. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not a big stats guy. I don't know much about, like, other than, like, yes, I know who Kenneth Walker is, you know. And Garrett Wilson. Garrett, Will, Garrett, Garrett, sorry. Garrett Wilson, Brock Purdy. I think Brock Purdy's been super impressive. Um, a hell of a, a, a rookie season. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant, yeah. I mean, so, you know, hats off to him for that. I'm just going to have to take your guys' word for it, and I would if I was voting. Well, I mean, Garrett Wilson, to put it in perspective, had also had 1,100 yards receiving on a Jets team that was struggling to find a quarterback all year long. Yeah, that's so a good point. He, yeah. he, he was able to get open quite a bit. Um, not that productive in the, in the red zone. That was his main like, critique. Only four touchdowns on the year. But for someone that was catching passes from uh, from Joe Flacco to Zach Wilson to Mike White, back to Zach Wilson, back to Mike White, um, 1,100 yards pretty damn good. Yes. Uh, and an easy <clears throat> Jets offense. Like, Impressive. They just could not get it going. 100%. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a good argument either way. Um, favorite team that went further in, in the regular season, further than the regular season, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. It's good for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so switching to the opposite side, uh, defensive rookie of the year, three candidates, uh, another Jet, Chance Sauce Gardner, um, Detroit Lion, and Aiden Hutchinson, and then um, actually uh, another Seahawk, and uh, Tariq Woolen. That's right, uh, dude. They're cornerbacks. So, so two cornerbacks at defensive end. Yeah. Now, I think this one's going to go the opposite way. Oh, excuse me. I think Sauce Gardner is actually a runaway here. Um with with his, his defense out there at, at cornerback, uh, as far as passes defended, he led the league in twenty, um, and he, he really was the lockdown corner the Jets were missing since Darrell Revis. I mean, you can't. It, I don't want to compare him to Darrell yet. It's only been one season, but his play this year was absolutely stellar. It's incredible that this. So Chance Gunner, like if you look at his size, right? He's, he's like just about six feet. He's six two. He's also pretty damn lanky, um, and he he just gets it done, locking down number one receivers. Uh, as we stated, two thousand yard receivers. He locked down Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle twice per year. Um, and again, shout out to Aiden Hutchinson. Took a couple games to get him going. Uh, same thing with uh, Tariq Woolen. Chance Sauce Gardner, run away. I love that pick, dude, but I think for the sake of disparity here, since we've all been in agreement for the first four awards now, I'm going to pick Aiden Hutchinson, dude. The number two overall pick has lived up to the billing this year. Three and a half sacks in his last five games to end out the season. Absolutely awesome, dude. Um, yeah, but go, go to his game by game. Go to the first two weeks, dude. Guarantee. Aha. Guarantee he's, he was... Non-existent the first few weeks. Non-existent. Let's go back to the beginning of the season. Compared to Chance Sauce Gardner oh, you are, all year long. You are very right. I mean, it, right. it just took him a couple games to get going. I mean, shot to Honestly, great season. Sure. Right? It just took him a couple games to get going. Yeah. And, and like, you're not as exposed as, as you would be on, on the corner Dude. at at cornerback. He had three sacks in his second NFL game. That's that's massive. That's so pretty sure. His, his, his first ever game in the NFL, a forgettable experience, one tackle, that's it. But his second game, three sacks. Good for him. Good for him. Against who? Mm-hmm. Chicago? 
Yeah. Uh, the the commanders here. Oh, the commanders. Yep. Yeah, so I guess Carson Wentz. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a sack's a sack, dude. You're right. Sack's yeah. a sack. Yeah. And, and on, then what? A couple goose eggs. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Uh, let's see. Week seven. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, seven. He had two tackles against the Packers. Week six. I'm sorry. Week eight. I'm all over the board right now. <laughs> But yeah, he he did have some forgettable games. But, All right. Um, yeah, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, I'm going with Sauce Gardner because his name's Sauce. <laughs> Quality nicknames matter, dude. <laughs> Sauce Gardner, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love it. <coughs> I like that. Okay. Couple more words to get through. Uh, my personal favorite comeback player of the year. Three people up up for it: Saquon, Run CMC, Geno Smith. I got some beef with this list, man. Brandon Graham on the Eagles, came back from a fucking Achilles tear, and he's having a hell of a season. 11 sacks, 35 tackles. Um, he's just all over the field. He's back, and he's, he's our captain, obviously. Again, I'm a fan, right? I just wish he would have made the list. Sure. that's a hard injury to come back from. Achilles, especially at his age, he's you know he's a veteran. He's late in his, in his career. Um, I just felt like he deserved at least a nod. Um, I don't know if necessarily he deserves the win, um, but... Yeah, there's also someone that got shot. Yeah. Oh, was yeah, that got, like shot twice? Ryan yeah. Robinson for the Commanders. Yeah, right. Ryan Robinson. I was like, you're not gonna put this guy on. <laughs> yeah, again, should I at least got the nod, right? Sure. Or got shot. Yeah. Sure. Twice. But yeah. you know, Saquon, CMC, and Gino. Should props to them. Now, personal, again, personal pick. Uh, having lived in the Seattle area, and I think having, having known the story of Gino Smith and how. He was on the, the brink of a potential breakout year, as they would describe it, but then he got sucker punched in the face by his own teammate, broke his jaw, and frankly, that derailed his entire career. Yeah. So he came back from essentially eight years of misery for this opportunity this year to be the full-time starter after having really a spotlight put on him because Russell Wilson was gone. Right. So with all the pressure, despite people not having high expectations, He's, he was still able to come out and take this team. At, I think the over-under for the win total this year was five and a half. And, and they ended up nine, se- nine and seven. Sorry, uh, uh, ten and seven. Yep. Yeah. Ten and seven, right? Yep. Yeah. They had ten and seven in the regular season. So I, I got to give it to Geno Smith here. They took this team that everyone thought was dead and brought them back to life in the playoffs. And going, uh, going to your point there, I, I think that's why Pete Carroll should be in the Coach of the Year award, but of course he is not. Nope. Um, Saquon Barkley, <clears throat> sure, I understand where he's he's come from, obviously, with that ACL tear. Christian's fought injury after injury for most of his career, but um, it's it's hard not to go with... I'm sorry, it's it's hard not to go against Gino, dude. Like you said, eight years of, of torture, of constantly being mediocre, a backup, um, a, for, a forgotten player to, to come... He's not really given a fair shot. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been watching Geno Smith play since he was at West Virginia, man, and I loved him when he was at West Virginia. He was a beast. He was fun to watch. Um, and, yeah, he's my winner. No question about it, man. Because you know what happened, right? They wrote him off, but he ain't right back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's just, like, the coolest line ever. Yes! Dude has been playing out of his mind this season. I love to see that. And, Led the league in accuracy, and, and he, that, he right. deserves that award. Unfortunately for Barkley and CMC, 
Geno Smith is the comeback player of the year. I agree. 100%. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. All right. I like that. I like that. So, one more award. Uh, Coach of the year. We got uh, Brian Daywolf, Giants. Uh, Nick Dickbag from Buffalo. Uh, Dougie Peterson from Jacksonville. Uh, Shani Shan from San Fran. And then uh, Mr. Siri from Fury. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well done. Nick Sirianni. I think we all know what my answer is going to be. Uh, oh, yes. Well, yeah, so let's imagine that Nick Sirianni isn't in the running. Oh, the other four. <laughs> well, I would just go deserving? with the next Philadelphia coach, which would be Doug Peterson. The Doug Peterson? Yeah. The Doug Petersons? The Doug Petersons. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, as, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I don't really like a couple of his teams in this option here. But I, I got to go with Brian Dable, uh, really from week one. Uh, they, they were down 20-7 to to the Tennessee Titans and ultimately came back to win that game. I think it was like 21-20 to in the last minute. And that, from that point moving forward, just the New York Giants had a pretty damn magical run, magical year. Again, a team that overachieved incredibly. Started the year with over-under win total, I think it was six. And then, you know, go on to be 9-7-1, uh, win the first playoff game since their run with Eli. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it, it, it's got to be Brian Dable. I mean, I think McDermott just kind of shot himself in the foot by, you know, being bounced out in the, essentially the first round of the playoffs for them. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson, again, magical turnaround uh, with, with the weapons you had. Um, but I think that his pedigree, uh, just as the coach and, and like the, the, his ability to turn, te- to turn teams around, kind of plays against him here because yeah. people almost expected him to do this yep. at Jacksonville. Yep. So, yeah, awesome job. You showcase what you can do with Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne and a couple of the weapons on the outside with Zay Jones. You turned Christian Kirk into an all-pro uh, receiver. And then the defense, yeah, that sucks, but you can probably draft and you know make some trades and, 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 and fix that up. And then, uh, you know what, Shanahan, you got the best team in football uh, on the roster, I think, but see, only because... I think CMC is a better running back than Miles Sanders is. You match him up one to one. I agree with that. Yeah. So, so that, I think that's that's the yeah. only thing that potentially makes uh, their offense like better. If Jimmy G yesterday was healthy, then it's a little more comparable. And then you know Brock Purdy's still a fucking wild card, so it's, it's yeah. hard to compare him with Jalen. He definitely showed his uh, rookiness. Yeah, his like mm-hmm. his humanity. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it. So, <laughs> and then you know what, Sirianni. Uh, Eagles had how many wins last year? They were what? Uh, uh, like nine wins last year? Nine and seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so five games went around? Yeah. It's pretty fucking good. That's massive, dude. It's pretty fucking good. I mean, each of, each of these coaches, I think outside of McDermott, has a legitimate shot of, of winning this award, but I think Brian Dable, most yeah. deserving. That's fair. I like that pick. Um, I'm going to go with... Dougie P here. He's turned around the Jags past three years. They've won, I'm sorry, past two years, they've won three games total. So um, to bring them back from the cellar, absolutely awesome, dude. And to to really transform and maximize Trevor Lawrence's potential, absolutely outstanding. He is the quarterback whisperer. Um, So if I'm to name my top three on this list, Dougie P, Brian, and Nick, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm really happy for Doug Peterson, man, and it's really awesome to see him doing good stuff again. So, um, but yeah, man, I just Nick Nick Sirianni is he's been my favorite coach to just like call my coach, right? And it's not my coach, but like 
He just does everything I'm right, the man. Team, bro. He does. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like it though. That's what Philly does to you, man. You, everyone feels like they're on the team, especially with him, because every I, and this is literally just a feeling. I'm not saying this is actually happening in real life, but. You go on Twitter after a game, and you got people shit-talking and, and saying, like, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. And then he changes it, and he fixes it the next game. And I don't know, I doubt, I highly doubt he's on Twitter looking at all these DMs and, and tweets and stuff. Probably but, is. But he's, he's like, yo, Adam, 0109-413, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should run more spread next week as well. Right, right. <laughs> and you know what? We do kind of sit back in his own coverage a yeah. little bit more. right. Because our front seven can get the job done against the run. Yeah. Yeah. You just nailed it right on the head. He's watching film. They're breaking it down. I'm Okay. He's Philly just... fan, 1-9. I got you. Yeah. Liberty Bell, 69-17. Yeah. Legal. 17-76. EDP-445. You guys know that guy? No. EDP-445. Uh-huh. I'll show you some videos after. He's, he's hilarious. He's a big Eagles fan. Okay. Chicken man. <laughs> bang, bang, bird gang. 6969. Six, um, yeah, for reals, for reals, though. Anyone who wins this award, except for McDickbag. McDickbag. <laughs> um, okay. Sam, so, you got a monologue today? Dude, I was thinking about it, and then I kind of spaced, and then I thought back on it. And um, yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Do you, want, do, well, you want, do you want to talk a little UFC real quick? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's Dude, do yeah, that. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the one that got announced today was 287. Uh, for so Adesanya is going to rematch. I can never say his last name, but Pe- we're going to call him Don Perrion. Pajeda. 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 Yeah, that's going to be a sweet rematch. So, so Adesanya versus Pajeda, a uh, fight that Adesanya won but lost. That's kind of a way to put it. Yeah, it's very similar to the. Um, uh, Edwards and uh, Usman. Yeah, Usman fight. fight. Yeah, yeah. Usman uh, won that fight until he lost. The co-main event though, um, Masvidal versus Burns. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think Masvidal's gonna get his ass kicked. Yeah, me too. I, like, I, I like, think it's I think gonna be done. Bad. I think Masvidal's done. I think it's. He's gonna lost be bad. us three fights in a row. Yep. And like the loss last time to Colby, he hasn't won since 2019. Right. I looked it up today. Yeah, it was, was that like, flying knee, wasn't it? That was like his last win. Is that is that, is that how he won? I don't remember. I, I think so, if or, I remember correctly. Except for the fact that yeah, it, it was, was just a long like time this ago. crazy. He just ran straight out. The dude went for a shot and he and he kicked him in the face. Oh yeah, kneed yeah. him in the face. The flying knee. Yeah. yeah. Iconic win. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. one of the best knockouts in UFC history. Yeah. yeah um, Gilbert Burns uh, won his last fight against some American like Naima. Tannehill or something like that. I forget his name. I forget who it was um, as well, but but, but yeah. So uh, Gilbert Burns, I think, um, really went like blow for blow with with uh, um, Cam Camzat. Camzat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a crazy fight. That was, I mean, that was an awesome brawl. fight, man. That was a brawl. That was a. I that fight was so fun to watch. But yeah, I think Mazadal, thirty eight years old. Though, I think I, I think he's done. Yeah, I, I think this might be his last fight. I agree. This might be his last fight. We'll definitely. That's tough. Yeah, it's funny because like all the headlines are like, you know, um, you know, two uh, competitors or you know whatever you want, uh, top top competitors, and I'm like, is Masvidal really like a top competitor? Not right now, no. uh, welterweight. Like, no. I don't think so, man. That there's some there's some killers in that division. Some dogs. Yeah, I think I think Gilbert Burns is still a, a fucking dog right now. I mean, my guys. Yoked. I mean, yeah. He might be one of those yoked guys, like just 
felt like a fucking rock in the UFC. Right. But uh, speaking of rock, uh, Luke Rockhold to call out Jake Paul. Yeah, man. I would love to see that. Although Luke Rockhold is not a striker. I mean, he can strike, but I don't think yeah. he's known for being a striker. Well, he's just known for fucking being a um, brawler slash like having an iron chin. Like yeah. he just takes shots like it's nothing. Although he, um, he did get knocked out well, by the TRTV tour. True. Yeah. But he. he He's durable though. He he's just like one of the he's he's just in there and he just lays it all out on the line. He literally would rather die in the ring than Yeah. He's a former welterweight champion. I mean, mm-hmm. he's won a belt. Yeah. He's won the belt. Yeah, and then uh the the other big fight you sent me was Jones uh, Jones with... versus Cyril Gaon. Yeah, Cyril Gaon. Yeah, yeah, I mean Jones's first fight in how long? Uh also since like twenty nineteen I wanna say. Yeah. Twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Definitely pre COVID. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was either 2018 or 19. Yeah, so I, I don't know if he's been training or not. I mean, he has been. He's been training a lot. So, yeah. That, I mean, he and can dude, you pick against, do you have any reason to pick against Jones? Not really. No. Not until you see him lose. Yeah. I mean, think about this, right? Cyril, Cyril Gan fought Tai Tuivasa. And yes, he did finish him. He, he knocked him out. But Tai Tuivasa clipped him a couple times in that fight. And it was, they were battling. And Tai is still a very young fighter, very new. Um, he's still working his way up. He was, you know, he went, he had this crazy run. He was drinking beers out of a shoe. It was awesome. But, mm-hmm. you know, like we, no one really expected him to be where he was at this point, right? He, he might get there eventually. Um, but Cyril Gaon has been in the game long enough. And like, this is his one chance, I think. Mm-hmm. I think if he loses this fight, he might not ever get back to this spot. And John Jones, no matter how much time off he's taken... He's a killer, man. He's the he's best. A killer. He's the best fighter in the history of the UFC. If he wasn't in the UFC, he'd be, he'd be killing people. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's. I mean, it, it's. I'm excited. Like, I'm excited. It's like GSP. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Well, then you gotta also talk about, um, you know, Habib. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, Silva as well. Yeah. They're all on top of the great. And I'm gonna fuck who you are. I think that you know. For for the the time that he showed McGregor during his peak, yeah, but come on, man, it was a short career, but you know what? It was magical. No, when he was at his best, he was the best. Yeah, but then his downfall has just been it was crazy sad. It was a lot. It's just been sad. It was a sad downfall. Yeah, because he, he's just one of those guys. He's so polarizing. Yeah. Um, but it works against him when he like when he loses when he loses or when he just does shithead stuff like throwing fucking shit into uh, yeah, buses. At, at buses yeah. and, and talking shit on people's wives and shit yeah. he says that's nice fight Michael Chandler I would love to watch that fight I think those two people up against each other is a great fit because both of them are kind of early round like looking for knockouts oh, yeah. kind it's of fighters sub three round fight yeah yeah. I think somebody's under, somebody's getting knocked out under two and a half rounds yeah 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 it's that would be really fun to watch I, if, if it happens. I don't know if that's in the, in the works or not yet. Probably in June. What did you think about Jamal Hill um, beating Glover Teixeira this past weekend? Oh, yeah. And uh, wasn't Teixeira cut, too, or released after this fight? Uh, he uh, retired. He retired. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he so, yeah. retired. Uh, uh, Which, you know, dude, he's like fucking 50 years yeah, he's, old. He's, he's, one, like he's one of the originals from pre-UFC yeah, like, 100 or something like that. Yeah. I think he debuted in like 99. Yeah. <clears throat> Like, uh, I, I saw a tweet that he was one of the last guys like still fighting and then there's one other uh, I can't remember his fucking name right now but yeah he's still a fucking legend 
I mean, shout out, shout out to Tua to share for a fucking great career. Absolutely. I mean, it's too bad he make that much money because he got it at the wrong time. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that was a good fight. I think Jamal Hill is um, he's dangerous, but you know we had that tie that resulted in this fight happening. Mm-hmm. Um, with oh yeah, I forgot we had the fucking tie. Yeah, with um, Blockowitz versus. Uh, the last fade event that has just happened. Man, why can I never? I'm throwing a brain fart too. Yeah, because I always, I always think of um, Kamza because mm-hmm. just because their names are so wild. They're, they're, yeah, um, Ankalaev. Ankalaev um, and um, Blockowitz had a, in a, an awesome five round battle, back and forth fight. I feel like Ankalaev should have got the nod, should have won the fight, um, but realistically, like. I was kind of okay with a tie because they both fought so hard and um, <laughs> almost said got so far right there. <laughs> In the end, it doesn't even matter, right? In the <laughs> end, it doesn't even matter. But no, that was that was a great fight. So I, I think Ankalaev will probably get to fight um, Jamal Hill, and he will beat Jamal Hill. As good as Jamal is, and you know he definitely deserved that fight mm-hmm. I'm glad they gave it to him I don't think he's on on Kaliev or Blockowitz's um, level so that'll be good and I think those two will eventually rematch for the mm-hmm. title again mm-hmm. and that'll be a fun fight yeah, got some exciting lives coming up really exciting hey UFC 284 the next one coming up Islam Makhachev versus uh, Volkanovski mm-hmm. at 170 I know you're going up two weight classes yeah it's good luck to the Volk crazy go Volk oh and and you know, got to shout out um, Figueredo and Morena for the final fight of the four. The what is that called? A quadrilogy? I don't even know. Um, but at, at flyweight, um, Figueredo and, and Morena. Uh, a quartet. It's that was, that was a quartet would be four. Yeah, quartet. Quintet is well, five. The, qu- yeah. Sex trilogy six. is the so three. It's a trilogy. Yeah. Quadrilogy. Symbology. <laughs> yeah, that I'm was no, a good fight. I'm though. no symbologist. Um, no, you know. I know. I'm not getting the reference there. That was from. Uh, uh, the one where the Italian guys speak Latin with all the guns and shit. With uh, what's his name? Uh, they made a really shitty second one. Yeah, dude, you're not getting anywhere with this. I'm going to be honest with you. Who's the guy that played the original Green Goblin? Oh. In Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, uh, William Defoe. Yeah. William Defoe is in. He played, a, he played like a detective. Mm-hmm. I forget what the fucking movie was called. Let's see. It was... Yeah, um, dude, I, I'll be honest. I, I've definitely never seen it. It was like... No, no, it was these... You, 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 I, you bet you, you, you might have. It was these two Irish guys, and they're basically taking down, taking down the mob. And uh, it's, it's like seeing William Defoe, he's like, there was a fire fight. The Boondock Saints? Yes. I don't think I've ever seen you that. you ever seen that shit? I know the movie. Like, I've heard of the movie. Good don't movies. actually think I've ever watched it. Check it out. I, I should. It's a good, good feature film. Real quick. Yeah. Because I just looked down at my phone. I forgot about Yuri Prohaska, who was the guy that um, beat Glover Teixeira um, for the title. Um, earlier, I don't remember exactly when, but um, he got stripped of his belt 
and that's another reason why this fight between Glover and Jamal Hill happened because he dislocated his shoulder, had a serious shoulder injury or something like that. But he's, oh, so it's a medical? He's on his way back, right? Damn. So the top three, I would say, right now in the heavyweight division are... Or is it... Yeah, it's heavyweight. Yeah, heavyweight. Right? Yeah, heavyweight. Unless they dropped. Yeah. So he's, he's in the mix as well. He posted... I remember he posted a video on, uh, on Instagram... Um, and he just was like, I'm back or something like that. And, you know, in his like Russian, whatever accent, it was pretty badass. I'm back. He was like in, he was like just somewhere in like Soviet Russia, fucking there's snow in the background. He's wearing no, he's like shirtless. It was pretty awesome. Just dancing, dancing with bears. bears. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> dancing with bears <laughs> in the heart of Russia. Uh, I'm sure there's shit. plenty of other good UFC coming up. I, you know, that's all I remember right now, but exciting stuff. Always exciting. You know, I, I do have to say, as um, a non-watcher of UFC, I mean, I've certainly watched fights. It is so, so much fun just to hear you guys talk about these athletes <clears throat> with all the knowledge in the world. It is impressive. Good job, boys. Thanks, Thanks Sam. Hell yeah. You want to go ahead and start your monologue there, big guy? Oh, I, uh, let's see. All right, well, I'll go. I think this is just the uh, obligatory New Jersey Devils talk. Uh just watched the games today. Came back to win. Overtime win against Dallas Stars. Got uh, collecting points in five of the last six games. Going into the All-Star break. On pace to break the 1998-1999 uh, uh, New Jersey Devils record. Uh, shot Jack Hughes. It's probably going to break the goals record too. Set by Brian Gianta. Is, I think the 48 is the record. He'll get at least 50 this year. Uh, that's the case. He might be in the running for the Hart Trophy. Really hope he goes out and gets that shit. Uh, Devils got to keep it up. Play again Monday, February 6th. Enjoy your time off. All-star break. Let's go, Devils. That's all I got. I love it, dude. I love it. Mine is very short. Um, <clears throat> and uh, from a, a very obscure sport um, in the world of cycling, uh, there's a, a massive world tour race right now. I, I shouldn't say massive. It's definitely flying under the radar. <laughs> um there's a race taking place right now in Argentina. Um, I think it's stage seven. Either is today or tomorrow. Anyway, um, American Quinn Simmons on stage four had an absolutely brilliant break from the pack. Uh, sprinted to the finish, I want to say, with about a kilometer or two left. Like a ballsy move. One guy against the peloton of at least 120. That's, that's massive, dude. That's massive. Like this giant stampede is chasing after you and you're able to hold them off for, th for like two and a half, three minutes. That's very impressive. Um, yeah, dude. Go America. Um, it'll be fun to see Quinn race in the tour. He's, he's an absolute beast. He had his breakout year last year in, in the tour. <clears throat> A domestique, fat, fantastic in the mountains, uh, rode very, very well for, for Trek. So uh, excited to see him back on, on, on the world stage. Making big things as a young American, it'll be. He has a great career in front of him. Definitely, definitely. All right. USA and the, the World Tour Cycling? Yes. Is, is this going to be a new Lance Armstrong? <clears throat> uh, it's no? tough to say. Um, only, only because uh, Quinn is a bit smaller. Lance Lance was a beast, so he, he could control the time trials. Right. Um, Quinn is a great climber. I, I want to say he's 
God damn, damn he looks like a cycler. Yeah. He's 159 pounds. Light, light man. So yeah, beard. Yeah, right? He has this fantastic beard, dude. Um, but the the breakaway, absolutely beautiful on the uh, the Vuelta San Juan. That is the race. <clears throat> yeah, I got you. How much EPO do you think he's on? I want to say zero. I really <laughs> do. Fuck, dude. Ever since we watched that documentary. I know, right? Okay. Oh, the one on... Uh... Blood open? Yeah, 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 yeah. With the, the Russian sound. Yeah, yeah. I got I to rewind it just a sec. He, he makes the move right there. Look at him, look at him. Look at that. Go, dude. Racing a massive, massive uh, herd. Who's that bitch-ass chasing him? <laughs> but he holds off the peloton. It's the Ukrainian government. The one man against the world. Going after God the Americans. damn. Yeah, that dude is a Like, piece. he is not a sprinter at all. These sprint teams back in the peloton are, are trying to get their, their main men up uh, to the line. They're all panicking. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a massive chase, dude. He splintered every team's strategy going in, so into he, the stage. He basically just Leroy Jenkins it? Yeah, he yeah, did. He did. He did. He did. He did. Jenkins. And I, everyone was like, all right, guys, let's get ready to get our fuck out there, okay? <laughs> right, right, right. We're going to move in three. All right? Start those sprint trains. Yeah. Everybody hold back a second. Yes. 300. And, and he's like, <laughs> Look at him. Hold off the pack, dude. Like, some of the world's best sprinters are, are in there. And they're on his ass. God damn, yeah, they're, they're on coming, his ass. They yeah, almost got him. He and like gets it right 20 there. 20 meters, he probably gets that. Yep. yep, without a doubt. And I have to say, how badass is that? That a stage in the World Tour is taking place on a fucking tarmac in Argentina. Like, absolutely epic, epic way to finish off that, that stage. You know, you have wide open roads, the best tarmac in the in the world. It's 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 glass, dude. Damn, oh, I love it. I've never been excited to watch. Side. Right, that was that got my heart going a little. Yeah. Like, is he gonna make it? Hell yeah, dude. Ben Simmons. Oh, Sam Bennett. He was third. Uh, he won the green jersey at the tour back in uh, 2019 for the best sprinter. So mm. I mean, yeah, he's Quinn won against some of the world's best sprinters. It's absolutely awesome, dude. Take that stage, Quinn. Yeah. One for the U.S. U.S., hey. All right. All right. All right. Uh, you know what, Matt? I think you should close the show, man. We're going to call this the Matt T Show on Spotify. Yeah, man. This well, week. I don't have any sort of monologue or anything I want to talk about. I just want to say thanks for having me back on. Um, always a pleasure. I'm glad to talk a little a little shop, talk about some injuries and whatnot. Um, yeah, man. Um, go Birds. All right. Let's get this done. Excited for the weekend, dude. Yes, sir.